Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Football in Philadelphia is a lifestyle, a passion from birth, and a personal responsibility to know the game. Boo when necessary. And think about E-A-T-L-E-S Eagles! Every second of every minute of every hour of every day. Birds 365 was created for you. Jody Mack, the legendary sports talker, joins forces with NFL insider John McMullen. Birds 365. Start your morning with Johnny Mack and Jody Mack across the Jacob Media Network. Watch it live on YouTube. Our number two on a Tuesday get-together here on 94 WIP. Jody Mack. Going to rock and roll till three a uh, two a.m. Three hours from now, uh, spend the next ten fifteen. Sometimes I go twenty minutes with him. Depends on uh, what we cover. I just keep asking questions. He just keeps answering. When it comes to the birds, he covers them on a day in day out basis for both Sports Illustrated and PhillyVoice.com. My buddy John McMullen joins me here on ninety four WIP. How are you, JM? Ah, uh, doing well. How are you, Jody? Good. Now, despite the eagle activity, you are on as much alert as you always are because, yeah, you're watching what's going on the rest of the National Football League and then trying to figure out how that affects the Philadelphia Eagles. We know the Eagles have done zippity doo and I'll ask you about that specifically in a question uh, in a second. How has the tempo been for everything else? It seems like the New England Patriots have signed 42 new guys, uh, but has this been a more active, less active, surprising, busy, or uh, somewhat uh, docile free agency period for everyone else? Taking the Eagles out of it, how do you think the rest of it is played for everyone? Well, no, I think the negotiation period, since they they created that so-called legal tampering oxymoron. This is how it works. I mean, generally the, the top guys come off pretty quickly, uh, and that's continued a little bit less this year statistically than a typical year, and I think that's understandable because of the pandemic and COVID-19 and the fact that um, you do have a little hiccup in, in the salary cap going down from 198.2 uh, to 182.5. So first time ever, it's gone backwards. So that's right. obviously hurt the Eagles. We talked about that a lot, but it's hurt most teams and contracts are a little bit shorter, uh, generally. And, and then you have certain guys who are 
looking at the new TV deals, and if they're smart, they're kind of understanding, maybe I want to take a short-term deal and get back to free agency as quickly as possible. Sure. If you can get a short-term deal with a pretty good percentage guaranteed, yeah, uh, if you are of the right age, then uh, you are going to get a bigger deal the next time it, it rolls around. That does make some sense. Uh, you said the the uh, top-of-the-market guys haven't got as much uh, time-wise, but the Dolls, I just saw Leonard Williams sign the most guaranteed money contract in the history of the New York Giants. So there are still some players in some positions that teams are w- willing to pay the premium, even in a scaled-back cap year. Oh, yeah. I mean, certain positions, and uh, obviously it always starts with quarterback, and, and we see that, Dak Prescott, obviously. Um, the next guy, that's, that's how it works. It's about timing and circumstance and not necessarily who's the best player, but there's certain positions and, you know, the old adage in the NFL is you either get the quarterback or you get to the quarterback. So you talk about quarterbacks, you talk about edge rushers, and then you trickle down from there. Uh, value position, uh, defensive tackles, corners. Uh, depending on the team, the Eagles believe in building on the offensive, defensive line. So it, it's a lot. Uh, but, you know, I mean, even the NFL was down about $4 billion from typical revenue uh, for not from not having stadiums full. But it's still a $12 billion industry, so there's still plenty of money to go around for players like Leonard Williams. Johnny Mack, our guest here on 94WIP. All right, Eagle-specific. I've read six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I don't even know how many from uh, many of your compatriots cover the Eagles, a couple of national guys, explaining why Marquise Goodwin is no longer a Philadelphia Eagle. I can't tell you the last time I read the word revert in a a sports-related story, but somehow is... Uh, he has reverted to the San Francisco 49ers, and Eagles are coming out of this with a seven-round pick. Was this contractual? Was this an agreement between the two teams? Is this what the player actually preferred? And the Eagles said, hey, if we go here, we get something rather than nothing. What the heck happened with Marquise Goodwin never getting in a game for the Birds? Well, he opted out, so number one, yeah, it is very rare, and a lot of it has to do with, the pandemic again it wouldn't have happened if not for COVID-19 wouldn't have happened uh if he didn't opt out uh and he has his wife he had a good reason his wife had a couple miscarriages she finally was able to have a kid and uh he had some serious health concerns and uh wanted to stay away so that's kind of where this all kicks off and the fact that uh he, he did decide to not play last season. And what happened was he agreed to a restructured deal uh, when he came to Philadelphia. The Eagles didn't want to pay him $4 million a year. They they negotiated him down to, I think it was $1.35 million. Uh, he agreed to that. Um, they worked the deal. Uh, never showed up because he opted out. Never got to Philadelphia to sign the contract. So, um, it didn't matter last year because uh, the NFLPA and the league worked out uh, everything, so his contract would just hold in the next season. Uh, but it was the old contract, and that's where it came in. So it, it sort of was like he didn't do that renegotiation, and then the Eagles could send him back, and they got a seventh-round pick in return. So 
Uh, very strange circumstance. It never happens because it's the first time we've had a pandemic affect an NFL season. So, uh, so do you think he'll re- rare? Sorry, right. I thought you were done, John. My, my bad. Um, do you think he'll renegotiate with San Francisco? Did the Eagles, uh, uh, you said the Eagles didn't try and renegotiate. Did they just want to wash their hands at a player and take something rather than nothing? Or uh, does uh, Marquise Goodwin actually want to come back and now play again this time in San Francisco? I, I have heard, and I don't know, if, I, I, I think San Francisco is going to release them. So I don't think they're interested in having them back. Uh, from the Eagles, I remember writing about this last time. I, I said it's not fair, but the NFL is out of sight, out of mind. And I said when Marquise opted out, the, the way the Eagles carpet bombed the wide receiver position in the draft with Jalen Rager, but not only Jalen, but John Hightower, Quez Watkins, I, I said he's never going to play for the Eagles because they're going to get these young guys in there, out of sight, out of mind. Uh, he's a 31-year-old guy, and that's how it shook out. But uh, it's unfortunate because when you make those types of decisions and you're not a star player, uh, people are just going to move on. And the Eagles valued the cap space more than they valued the player. Well, and I can't say I disagree with them because they did need to get down under the cap apparently they have now, and I don't think Marcus Goodwin would have been a major factor for them next year. I, uh, the new news is that there's no news with Zach Hurts. Um, he had the tearful last game appearance in the Eagles season this year. Uh, it's been pretty well reported that he doesn't really want to be here anymore. He has been asking the Eagles, please trade me, get me out of here. This just isn't where I want to be or need to be going forward. The Eagles have had conversations with him around the league, but apparently not getting responses that they think are of proper value for Zach Ertz. At what point, I guess you got all the way to the draft that you could still do this. For a couple of free agents, free uh, tight end free agents have gotten good money on the open market so far, and Zach Ertz is 8.5. Does not look outrageous to me for this upcoming season. When are we going to see any movements on this rather than just gum flapping? Well, I think the Eagles kind of told Zach's agent, who's Steve Carrick, and, and, and said, I mean, they've been trying to trade him for a long time. If you go back uh, to last season at the trade deadline, really what impacted it was he got injured and he had to go on IR and the Eagles couldn't move him. Um, but they were trying. Um, and the same thing here. They've been trying in, in the off season, but they do want something of value. They don't just want to release them and they don't just want to say, okay, we'll take a seventh round pick. Um, so they want some kind of value. And, and from Zach's standpoint, he's wanted out. We've discussed that a bunch. Um, so both sides kind of know the end game. How do you get there? And the Eagles have said, okay, Steve Carrick, go, go find a trade. And, you know, maybe they're trying to point to him. It's not as easy as it might seem because of, his age, his contract, and he's coming off a career-worst season. Um, and then the other end is, as I said, the Eagles want some value. I'm not sure they can get some value. If they want, if they would accept a, a six-round pick, they, they could trade them tomorrow, but they want more than that. All right, so how much more is more? A fourth? They're, they, they're not really thinking they can get a third, are they? Now, I, I think they're, they'd like a, a fourth and probably a conditional fourth that maybe can move up to a third if he says, 
if he has a Zach Ertz season that he had in Philadelphia, you know, 90 catches makes the Pro Bowl. I don't think people would mind uh, a third-round pick for that kind of production. So if you can get a condition on it, I think that's the Eagles' ultimate goal. But that's, I mean, the value just isn't there coming off last season. Let's say they can't find a taker for the price that they think is righteous and acceptable on the open market. Well, what do you do? Because there's been some serious bad blood between these two sides here. The optimists would say, hey, Nick Sirianni is brand new. The whole coaching staff is brand new. All right, he's got a mad on for Howie Roseman and uh, to a lesser extent, but maybe not, Jeff Laurie. But the guys he's going to be working with on a day-in, day-out basis are a new crew. Can these fences be mended? And can Zach just come back and have a contract let me get one more shot to get a good payday here type year for the Eagles. You never say never, but I, I can't see it. I, I mean, he's been behind the scenes. He's been pretty consistent, you know, even more so maybe than Carson Wentz in a lot of ways that, that he wants out. Um, so I, I do think that's still going to be uh, the ultimate end game here. Um now, you never say never, of course, but I don't think the Eagles would want to go that extra year for a number of reasons. One, it's in, they want to get younger. They want to get more cost-effective. So from that standpoint as well, they would like to turn the page. And then the second part is they don't have a lot of money. They finally are under the salary cap, but they don't have a lot of room to maneuver. Uh, the Juju Smith-Schusters, they're still out there. Um Trent Williams hasn't made his move. He's going to get uh, a boatload of money. There's some other tackles, uh, always a valuable position, offensive tackle. Um, then I think you're going to start to get to phase two when the bargains are going to start. Um, and, and that's how it always is. So uh, generally, um, that first wave comes, and then the smart teams kind of back into that second wave and get the bargains. And I think that's where you really make hay and all you have to do is look back to 2017, Jody. We've talked about it a lot. Chris right. Long, Patrick Robinson, Garrett Blunt. Those are all phase two, phase three guys. Yeah, now he's shown a propensity to be able to hit some on those. So uh, Eagles fans have to hold out hope for that. All right, kudos to John Clark. He was able to uh, procure the first uh, true uh, speaking spot with the former Eagles coach, Doug Peterson, hopped on his podcast. Uh, I heard it. I read the transcript. Not shockingly for me, Doug decided to take the high road. Um, he did at one point said he thought that uh, coaches should be able to uh, handle their coaching staff the way they see fit which was kind of a direct swipe, but he even did that uh, without uh, drawing any blood. Give him credit. He did, not long after uh, going out the door, uh, stop and make a media appearance with at least one outlet. Anything that Doug said catch your attention? Uh, I think exactly what you said. He pretty much confirmed what a lot of us have reported. Jeffrey fired him because he kind of stood his ground on Press Taylor and Matt Burke, and that's who he wanted to make his offensive coordinator, his defense coordinator. Uh, Jeffrey really didn't like it. He wanted him to go outside the organization. It really goes back to Mike Groh the year prior. He didn't want to fire Mike and even Carson Walsh as well. Um, and, 
you know, we've known this behind the scenes, and now Doug kind of confirmed it. Uh, and and that's exactly uh, what, what, what went on, and, and I think that was important uh, that he got that on the record and, and the fact that there was a lot of meddling with the coaching staff, and he is right. He should have been able, and I've said that pretty consistently, uh, he should have been able to sink or swim. Look, you let him have Press Taylor for one year, let him have Matt Burke. If he fails again, then you fire him. But uh, to me, to have a Super Bowl winning coach and fire him less than three years off that game without giving him that opportunity, I think that's a bad look for Jeffrey Lurie. But you're also right, Jody, he took the high road. And he took the high road for a reason. I mean, he wants to be a head coach in this league. You can't just blast an, an owner because other owners are going to look at that and say, is this guy going to blast me on his way out the door? Because we all know coaches are hired to be fired. You know, it's going to end. One of my favorite sports phrases, hired to be fired. And it is unfortunately altogether too accurate. Um, along those lines, Doug got a late start in the free agent carousel, uh, coach carousel during the offseason. Uh, the Eagles waited a week before they made the decision to go in another direction. So some teams had already done interviews and laid some groundwork. Um, he didn't really get into the mix. There were some stories out there that some teams did with high-profile coaches reach out and say, would you consider being my offensive coordinator? Sat Seattle being one of them. Uh, he ended up not getting a job either way. Uh, next year, major player, uh, like you said, he wants it. I don't think Doug's quite ready for retirement, although he did talk goingly about his son. It sounds like he wants to watch his son play a little bit more. Will we see Doug Peterson back in the NFL next year as head coach? Yeah, I think we will. Uh, you, you never know what the landscape is going to be, but you can pretty much guarantee there's going to be six to eight open coaching jobs. That's generally the wheelhouse. And, you know, there won't be a- any um, sort of, um, I, I don't, I don't want to say angst, but any, any bad taste in anyone's mouth after 4-11, you kind of get off of it. Uh, time kind of heals all those wounds. And, and I do think not a lot of people you can look at as, as head coaches that, have Lombardi trophies. So I, I think there's a lot of cachet to that. And I think somebody's going to bite uh, and someone's going to say, I can sell this to my fan base and, and, and make Doug a head coach again. I, I find it, I find it very hard to believe he's not going to get a second chance in this league as a head coach. All right. Let's finish up with Jeff Lori. Um, he made the statement that he did uh, about with Chris Mortensen about doing what it takes to get Jalen Hurts the best chance to win, meaning they're going to use their high draft capital on something other than a quarterback, and even inferring that they weren't going to be bringing in a veteran who would, on paper, compete with Jalen Hurts. So they don't want to go down that road again because competition at the quarterback position, getting into the head of their starter, apparently everyone believes it. I'm one of the very few who's holding out hope that this has all been overstated, but you and about 90% uh, of the other people with uh, Eagle uh, any kind of eagle emphasis believe Carson Wentz lost his mind when Jalen Hurts was drafted. So they're not going to do that again. And I guess we got evidence of that because uh, Jacoby Brissett signed elsewhere today. And uh, if, if some people were lobbying for Brian Smith-Patrick, he signed elsewhere. Tyrod Taylor signed elsewhere. 
who the hell is going to be the Eagles' backup quarterback this year? Yeah, and I, I, it was. It was almost like a, a draft run on quarterbacks. You got Andy Dalton going to Chicago. You had uh, Taylor going to Houston. You had, uh, you mentioned Ryan Fitzpatrick down I-95. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and Jacoby Brissett. And, and everybody, you know, Brissett and Taylor were the two big ones because Jacoby was with Nick Sirianni and uh, Indy and, Obviously, Shane Steichen was with Tyrod Taylor with the Chargers, so he kind of put those two together and say, okay, if they're going to get a backup quarterback, maybe they go after uh, those two guys. And uh, they're off the board, and, and you start thinking, uh, you know, Chase Daniel, maybe. I mean, he's not going to threaten anyone. But it is interesting to me, Jody, and it is. I mean, Carson did not handle it well, um, and, and even Doug intimated that today, by the way. Uh, he did not like when the Eagles drafted him. He thought the organization uh, didn't back him. I, I think he was wrong. I, I think he should have uh, taken that in a different direction. But the ironic part is I don't think you have to worry about the, that with Jalen Hurts. He doesn't have the same personality. He, he just doesn't. He's not going to be affected the same way. So I, I think the Eagles keep making these mistakes. They made a mistake by drafting Jalen Hurts. And and that's not has has nothing to do with the player. People get mad at me. It has nothing to do with Jalen Hurts. Uh, it has to do with the way it affected Carson Wentz. And now that they do have Jalen Hurts, they have a guy who has a different personality, a different mindset, and is not going to to let that affect them. Um, and, and they're worried about it. It's backwards. It is backwards, to say the least. You are correct there. And I truly did like the article that you wrote to, uh, this week on Philly Voice about the Eagles needing a politician to be able to deal with Jeff Lurie. He seems to be more involved. At least his opinion, statements, stances are getting out to the media more than they have over the last five years, 10 years, 15 years. Uh, you referenced Mark Eckel, a, fan, a friend of the show, uh, who has been there since day one and says, no, Jeff Lurie's always been a hands-on owner. It's just every once in a while he wants to let people know it, but he's always been this type of an owner. Do they have? We know how he's, I think, more his puppet than his politician, is the new head coach politician enough to deal with Howie Roseman and Jeff Laurie, or is he going to be a Howie Roseman puppet? Well, we're going to have to see. That's the $64,000 question. I think, you know, you mentioned Mark. I mean, what what shocked me is I asked him about Andy Reid because Jeffrey Laurie didn't seem uh, as micromanaging when Andy was here, not 1999 Andy, who was, didn't have any cachet, but once he got established, uh, and Mark said, no, it was just Andy handled it better. Uh, and Andy sort of was that politician and steered him in the right direction and sort of had that ability uh, to talk him into things instead of vice versa. And that's, you know, we talk about Andy being a Hall of Fame coach. Everyone assumes Hall of Fame coach just means X's and O's. It's a lot more than that, and that's part of it, handling general managers, handling owners, and steering them in the right direction. And I'll say this. It's rare that coaches are able to do it as effectively as Andy Reid evidently did. Um, whether Nick has that ability, I 
he's going to have to learn on the job. Obviously, he doesn't have experience. So um, ultimately, that, to me, is going to define whether he's a success or not. Because if Jeffrey continues to, to handle uh, Nick Sirianni the same way he handled Doug Peterson, you probably have a similar uh, window. Uh, you have a short opportunity for success, and that's going to be it. All right, uh, Johnny Mac, I want to play the name game with you. I don't know if you're listening before you came on, um, but I do this once a year, uh, somewhere thereabouts, maybe once every year and a half. Uh, I throw out three first names, and I want you to give me the last name that comes to you immediately off the top of your head. Up for it? Uh, sure. Okay. Ralph. Uh, Machio. That's not bad. That's okay, Karate Kid. We can live with that. Um, Weird the way I went. That's oh no, that's perfectly fine. I want to go Ralph Kiner now. <laughs> Reggie Jackson, easy. Okay, they had a big defense. They had a man named White at one point in this season. Yeah, but, but Reggie uh, was my favorite baseball player, so that's he, where that goes. He was the straw that stirred the drink. I will give you that much. All right, last one, Nick. Nick Foles in Philadelphia. Can it go any other way? Well, I was hoping you would go with the new head coach of the Eagles that we were just talking about. <laughs> no, but... he, can't. he doesn't have a statue yet. That's very true. I was just seeing if you're a man of uh, history, which is not all that much three years ago, or a man of just present day. You, you mix it up pretty good for us. Johnny Mack, always a pleasure, buddy. I'll be calling you again in a couple of weeks. Maybe we'll actually have an Eagle signee to talk about the next time uh, we come we'll on have, here. We'll have one. The clearance aisle is going to be open very soon. We shall see. John, thanks. That's John McMullen from uh, phillyvoice.com and Sports Illustrated covers Eagles on a day-in, day-out basis. Uh, gave us some fun stuff. All right. Football in Philadelphia is a lifestyle, a passion from birth, and a personal responsibility to know the game. Boo when necessary. And think about B-A-T-L-E-S Eagles! Every second of every minute of every hour of every day. Birds 365 was created for you. Jody Mack, the legendary sports talker, joins forces with NFL insider John McMullen. Birds 365. Start your morning with Johnny Mack and Jody Mack across the Jacob Media Network. Watch it live on YouTube. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.